Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson. Colorado is going to the NCAA tournament. Stewart with time. Let's it go. He's got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught. Touchdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Before we start talking buffs, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and their app. Use code BSN20 to save 20% and have it delivered to your door. Let's jump into the show. All right, guys. I hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did. It was a blast having... Well, I mean, we were we were out in Boulder on Saturday for the Buffs' first scrimmage of camp. Of course, we don't get to see it, but we got to talk to people afterward, learned a lot about it. But Sunday, I was off, and I had a chance, finally, to go back and... Look at some tape of DeSoto High School's offense back in like 2015 and 2016 when Katie Nixon and LaVisca Chenault were the star receivers. A little bit of context. Uh, KD last week told me that the offense they're running now is very similar to that offense uh, that, that he and LaVisca ran at DeSoto, Texas uh, a few years ago which I thought was interesting and made me want to look into it and see what exactly we can pull from that. I noticed some interesting stuff, and we're going to get to that later on in the show, I'm thinking like the third segment. Before we get there, though, I want to talk to you about 
just what's been going on in Boulder over the weekend. And, you know, not much has changed. There's a lot of positive talk coming out because it's camp and everybody's optimistic this time of year. But we did learn a couple of things. What I'm most excited to tell you is that I had a chance to talk to LaVisca Chenault and he says he does not want to return punts. So who knows if that's going to be the answer to the question, like, will he return punts? Because, you know, it's not really his say. It's the coach's say. Uh, who, Mel Tucker is going to determine whether LaVisca Chenault's returning punts. But it was interesting. LaVisca told me that he actually laughed when I asked. He was like, no, I don't want to return punts. I just want to practice doing it. And that makes sense. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the punt drills where they like, sometimes they actually have a kicker kick the ball high in the air and you have to like track it and catch it. And it's really tough because it's falling and footballs are shaped weird. So it doesn't always fall straight down. Um, They have machines that do the same thing. The jugs machines that they can set up to simulate catching punts. And it kind of sounded to me like LaVisca's just working with all the punt returners because he wants to keep working on his hands, just keep getting reps in, which is interesting. And it kind of makes sense. You know, it would be a big jump to put him back there uh, for the buffs because that hasn't been his role in the past. We'll see who they do put back there, though, because that is an interesting race to me. Uh, LaVisca also said that they weren't doing any punt return drills during the scrimmage. And so... I, I couldn't even, like, try to finagle a name out of him. So there's a little update on that situation. I had some other interesting conversations with LaVisca that I'm excited to uh, share with you all. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the big takeaway. Does not sound like LaVisca will be returning punts. Um, another, another piece of news. Today, Mel Tucker... And I'm, Actually, I'm going to play this this audio for you later on because I think we talk a lot about how Mel Tucker it's it's tough to explain his personality, especially like his personality with the media because he's very soft spoken. He's very articulate. He picks out every word meticulously. And and I think that this is a good opportunity to share with you guys what exactly I mean when I say that, because I know that's something I've said before. Like, I'm impressed with the way that he handles those types of things. So I'm going to play that audio for you guys later on in the show so that you guys can kind of hear. And we actually heard Ryan say the same thing on the show on Thursday, uh, where it's just like, wow, this is an impressive guy. He knows how to handle himself. Um, and, and he's going to get more into this topic but I'm not sure if we're going to have too much time to break it down at the time. So I want to say now, he did say today that he's looking for more leaders, which is interesting because so far in fall camp, he said that he's seen a lot of guys step up. He said that uh, a lot of the experienced players have accepted that their role now isn't just to play football, but to to make sure that the environment in the locker room is as healthy as it can be. And... You know, I wasn't around the last couple of years, but a lot of people have been telling me that that's one of the big problems. You know, when when Oregon State beats Colorado last year and all of a sudden the buffs aren't perfect, they just didn't know how to respond to that because they didn't have a guy like, you know, Phil Lindsay or a guy like Sefo Lufau, who, I mean, those two guys just understood innately how to handle those situations how to bring guys back in and, you know, kind of pull pull the guys together and rebound. 
from losses. And that's just a skill that nobody on the team last year had. And this spring, Mel said that there were some difficulties there too. But it's been during fall camp and over the summer that he's seen guys step up. Today, he said he's looking for more of those people, which is interesting given that he said, you know, LaVisca's stepping up in that way. KD's stepping up in this way. Uh, Nate Landman, Steven Montez, uh, Mustafa Johnson. I think those are all guys. Oh, uh, he just named uh, Colby Purcell as well as a guy who surprised him as a guy who has some of those leadership qualities in him. And so we've been hearing about all this progress he's been making, but he said today that he's still looking for more that he's still looking for a couple more guys to help anchor this team and make sure that the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too lows and make sure that everybody's focused on business. And it's he also said that that's a lot of his job is to motivate people and to make sure that they are as focused as he wants them to be. It's It's interesting, and he sounds like he wants it to be that way. It isn't that he wants to take a step back and not focus on that aspect as much because he really did say like he wants to set the temperature for this team he wants to be in control of where everybody's minds at and kind of how they're thinking all this kind of stuff and make sure that everybody's on the same page he likes for that to be his job as well but he wants more guys to push with him not take any of those responsibilities away from him so that he can focus on something else off on the side whatever that may be but because he wants more help with it. Um, yeah, we also heard from Mel about a really interesting story that I enjoyed. So I think this was during Friday's practice. He didn't tell us about it until Saturday that this had happened. But at the end of Friday's practice, Mel had James Stefanow, the kicker, the 32-year-old kicker, uh, line up a 49-yard field goal. So Stefano lines up the field goal, and then Mel gets everybody on the team and says, who thinks James is going to make this? And put all those people on one side of the field and then said, okay, everybody else who says he isn't going to make this, there were two people he said he wouldn't name them. Maybe that's something I can work on as well. But he, uh, he had those two go off to the other side and said whoever is wrong is running gassers and so this is how they ended practice on this play a 49 yard field goal with a lot of pressure on James because almost this entire team is you know relying on him to make it and he drilled it and the two guys had to run gassers because they were wrong and I wouldn't be surprised if they had to run extra gassers because they bet against him but that kind of stuff is really interesting to me because there are a lot of things about football practice that you or football games that you can't simulate in practice. And that type of pressure is one of them. Obviously, if you know everything breaks right for the buffs this season and Colorado is in the Pac-12 championship game and James is lining up a 49-yard field goal to win it, that's still going to be a lot more pressure than this kick. You know, the teammates are relying on him but not nearly as much as they'd be relying on him in that scenario. It's really hard to simulate that pressure, but I, I really liked how he combined, Mel combined the the pressure along with a team building thing. You know, it's everybody cheering for him. It's not having everybody like get up there and scream in his face. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's having guys 
cheer for him, you know? And 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 that just kind of goes to show the type of environment that Mel Tucker really wants to build with Colorado football. And I think that's I think that's really interesting. Uh one more note, I was talking to Alex Kinney, the Buffs punter, uh named to the Ray Guy Award watch list, which is the award that goes to the best punter in the country. And was really impressed. He's a sharp kid. He's funny. Um, we talked a lot about what it's like being a punter at football practice. And it's interesting. It's interesting because he says like he doesn't really get hyped up for punts nearly as much as he gets hyped up for holding kicks. It's all stuff. Or like during during practice, uh, he and the other special teams guys will just go like stand at the back of the end zone and... I think I think he was saying that he got a great view of Tony Brown uh, making a catch on Friday or Saturday, and you know Tony was running at him, and so his job was kind of just to like to catch him and make sure nobody fell down. And it's all this like interesting stuff. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some of those little nuggets into my notes piece for today. So look out for that. Uh, it's time now to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all of the events we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. And that actually reminds me uh, that I'm not sure if this has been announced yet. Maybe I'm not supposed to say anything, but it sounds like there's going to be a watch party for the first or the third Broncos preseason game um, at Blake Street Tavern. Um, if if any of you guys happen to be Broncos fans as well as Buff fans, which I'm sure there's quite a bit of crossover, uh, it's Saturday, August 24th at 7 p.m. They'll be playing the Rams. They'll be out of town, so our Broncos writers will be there. I'll be there uh, ready to talk some Buffs with you guys. It's a Saturday evening, so if, if you don't have anything going on, swing by and we'll talk some Buffs. Also, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be pr- promoting that yet, but the, the the event calendar reminded me. The Greg Mastriona Golf Courses at Highland Hills offer something for everyone. With a championship 18-hole golf course, the regulation 9-hole blue course, and two par threes, golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for. There's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here. We do have multiple courses, all different skill levels. So... It's a great place to teach and develop. Really a good way for families to, you know, grow their skills and enjoy the game together. That was Alan Brown. He's the director of golf over at Highland Hills. If you're busy at work all day, don't worry. At Highland Hills, it's never too late to start a round of golf. Well, Highland Hills has a fantastic pay for what you play program. It is designed for the player to play after four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening. And you check in, you play as many holes as you can until dark. And then you come to the pro shop and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish. We also do a really fun event, Glow Golf on our par three golf course. 
one time a month, $25, no cart, but we give you glow balls. It's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado. To learn more and book a tea time, head over to GolfHighlandHills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. Good, good afternoon. Is it still morning time? How you guys Barely. doing? Barely? About 45. All right. <laughs> i tell you what, it was, was this practice 10 for us and uh, this is, a, this is a critical time in camp um, because, like we talked about, the, new, the newness has worn off and the game is still a little bit ways away. So it's what you call the dog days of camp, right? And so uh, we really had to push them hard today, um, but they responded. And that's what, that's what I really like about this group is that uh, they respond to, to coaching. Uh, they respond to harsh criticism. Um, and. Uh, I'm just asking for more leadership out of this group of guys, guys that have played a lot of ball, guys that know what it's all about. You know, um, you know, leadership is always going to come from the coaches, but um, ownership with the players is uh, that's really when you know you got something, and we're getting it here and there. Um, but we need more. We're going to ask for more. We're going to demand more, and, and keep you know pressing these guys. And we just got to stay on them, stay on them, stay on them. Um, you know, every day we can, cannot let up at one moment. And that's what we did today. We kept pushing. Uh, guys are coaching hard and we're pushing these guys through uh, so we can get better. We don't have a day to waste. So it was a, it was a hard hat, you know, no French pastry, meat and potatoes type day. It was, no, it was nothing really eventful. It was uh, no flash. It was just a really, um, really hard work day. Probably don't like to have days like like that, but you expect to have a couple days in camp where you have to push them as they're not going to be self motivated. Absolutely, that's why they call me coach. You got to push these guys, and and uh, and that's to be expected. You got That's why, you know, as a coach, you know, you have to anticipate and have the heartbeat of your team, have a pulse on your team, and know what to expect. Walking when I walk into that meeting room, you know, at 7:30 in the morning every day, you know, I have a feel for it. And our coach, we have a feel for our guys. You know, when we come out and we stretch, and these guys are warming up. You know, you, you, you can feel you can feel the vibe. You can feel the energy, what the, what the what the atmosphere is of, of the team. You can feel that, and you have to be ready to match that. You have to be ready to counter that. You have to be ready to enhance it. Whatever you have to do as a coach to get your guys ready to go and, and get them better, and that's what we that's what we did today, and that's the great part. And as long as the players are bought in and they respond, then you got something. You got a chance to get better. And uh, this is a human performance business, and what we're doing out here is not natural. You know, it's not it's not it's not the easiest thing. It's not for everyone. And so we, we have, that's why we need to coach, we need to push, and then we need leaders that know what it's all about and they understand what the standard is they, and that help help lead and help push guys. And, and so we're getting more of that. But yeah, I, I appreciate days like this. I just wish it was 10 degrees hotter. I thought that that was really interesting, and that's why I wanted to share it with you because it that's just how every press conference goes with Mel. It's all very thought out. He isn't giving short answers. He isn't trying to get out of there. He's he really has like something to say and smart answers to questions. And so it's it's nice dealing with that every day. And I hope you guys can kind of hear what I've been trying to explain that 
he really is impressive in the way that he handles that. And he he shows not just how, how he knows football, but also his knowledge of how to work with these kids every day, which is interesting. And honestly, like this was obviously a, a great example, which is why I showed it because it popped out to me today where I was like, wow, he really gets it. And then he an- ends it with that classic football coach. I just wish it was 10 degrees hotter. I hope I hope that this kind of does show you guys though what I'm talking about when I say he he gets it like he's a smart guy. He's somebody that you can trust to bring Colorado football back to where it was 20 years ago or 25 years ago. 30 years ago. It's been a while. But I I hope that you guys enjoyed that and if you guys would like I would I would definitely be willing to put more audio clips in here. It's not something that they often do on the other podcasts, which is why I haven't been doing it uh, at BSN. But if you guys are interested in hearing more from Mel, hearing more uh, of the interviews that I have with the players, I, I'd love to throw that stuff in here for you guys. Obviously, there's some stuff that I need for myself to <laughs> to write stories um, about the players so that there's a reason to subscribe to the website instead of just playing you all of my interviews. But... You know, especially with Mel Tucker, when all of these are public anyway, and I bet you could find these somewhere on YouTube. I think like the Buffs Twitter account posts them every day when he goes to the podium. It sounds like we're actually going to be getting a lot more access to uh, Jay Johnson and Tyson Summers, the offensive and defensive coordinators who will be taking the podium instead of Mel, uh, I think each once a week and through at least through the end of fall camp. Which will be interesting because I actually haven't spent much time at all with either of these guys. And I'd be interesting to see what they're like. Because, like I've said, you know, talking to Mel every day is kind of... It's like a welcome to the Pac-12 moment for me every time after coming from the Big Sky Conference where, you know, they're very impressive guys. They know their stuff, but it's just different. Like, Mel Tucker is just a whole nother level of coach. And there's a reason he makes the big bucks that he does. And there's a reason why he's such a great coaching prospect going forward because to be honest Colorado probably isn't his last step assuming in three or four years he's turned this program around he's probably on to a little bit bigger school maybe there's a I don't even know where he'd go probably back down to the SEC try to turn around one of those programs it does sound like he wants to stick with college football though and you know after spending this first month of BSN buffs around him I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up being one of the very good college football coaches in the country. And those conversations like the one I just played are a big reason why. Uh, so yeah, let me know if you'd like to hear more of those in this podcast because it's not hard for me to like send the, send the audio from my phone to my computer and plug it in there. I'm excited now to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has also helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, we're back in for the final segment of the BSN Buffs podcast for Monday. And I just realized I didn't tell you guys, but I'd hyped up having Matt McChesney on the show today. 
things fell through there. Uh, schedules ended up not working out the way we wanted them to. He's actually going to be on tomorrow. So all the nice things I said about Matt yesterday, like think about him again right now and get yourself hyped up to hear from him tomorrow because he really does know his stuff and he's going to have a lot of awesome insights for us. Up next, I really want to show you guys um, another interview. I thought I, the, the first one was kind of fun. I figured it was something we should try, and if we're going to try it, we might as well buy in. So this is actually from last Tuesday, I believe. Uh, no, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday, so almost a week ago. And a lot of the notes from this I've put up on the site already, so you guys may recognize a couple of the quotes. But this is my conversation with Katie Nixon. Um, I did just realize that this isn't the conversation where he talks about being the exact same as the offense at DeSoto High School. And we're still going to dig into that a little bit more after. But for now, take a listen. Also reminds me, we got a comment again about like a week ago, week and a half ago, asking about why we haven't seen any gold helmets. Um, In any of the pictures, they aren't practicing in them. They just have not been around, which is kind of surprising. One of our awesome subscribers noticed that and asked me why. Kept forgetting to address it, but... I, I couldn't figure anything out. Here's where I asked Katie Nixon why that is. There have been some people who've reached out to me because they notice you guys aren't wearing gold helmets, like in practice and like any of the pictures. Do you know if there's anything behind that? No, sir, I'm not even going to lie to you. I really don't know why. I just put the helmet on and I'm ready to go. Do you have any favorite uniform combos? Oh, man, I ain't going to lie to you. I like that all black. I like that all white. I like that all gray. I like that gray, white, and uh, gray. So gray helmets, okay. white jerseys, gray pants. Okay. I like some stuff that we haven't did yet because I'm, really? I come from DeSoto, so yep. we used to make them. We used to make the you know the uniforms look good. You know you can. We we had a school that Nike blessed us. You know we got plenty of different uniforms. Mm-hmm. So you know I just I'm just blessed to be in the position where I'm at. Yeah. Do you know if there's anything new coming? I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I wish. I hope. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope. I hope. Uh, new offense. Oh, uh, is is mm, Coach Johnson? We trust them fully, man. We, really? Everybody's eating. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's taking it day by day. So, Coach Johnson got everybody on the right path. Awesome. Uh, what what are you excited about with it? Uh, honestly, just you know, just actually everybody being themselves. You know, looking out for one another. We actually are blocking right now. You know, we actually having fun blocking for the running backs, seeing them make big plays. Cause you know that's how you open up the pass game. So yeah, just being able to you know be cool with everybody on offense and nobody's being selfish. Yeah, that's our biggest goal this year. Yeah, has that been a problem in the past? Uh, you know, I don't talk about the past. You know, I, I, okay. God said leave it in the, uh, leave it in the past and press <laughs> forward. So I'm pressing forward. Awesome. That's good to hear though. Uh, you think you'll play much in the slot? Oh, I'm, I mean, I, whatever they want me to play, I'll play. Yeah. But I guarantee you, I will be on the field. Yeah? Yes, sir. Uh, do you have any personal goals for this season? Yes, sir. Definitely. I think everybody has personal goals. But with with, the, with this team, coaches don't like us talking about that, so I would do anything for the team. Huh. Uh, is there anything in particular that makes you, like, what, what makes you excited about this offense? What's something new that people are going to like to see on the field? I think I fire. You know, we physical as hell. Huh. And that's what people don't get, that we just end up, people think just because we're in a Pac-12 that we run from physicalness. No. No. And they will see Coach Tucker does not play, so they will see a new offense this whole year. That's some exciting stuff. I, uh, I really enjoy talking to Katie. He's, he's near the top of the list of guys I really want to get on this show just because I think it's a situation where he'd really thrive. Like Just letting him kind of start talking and see where things go and just have a conversation 
he's he's a smart guy. He's very well spoken. Not well spoken. Uh, he's hilarious. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna see if I can make that happen. Who knows? Everybody's busy with camp, but he's he's like on my the top of my list of guys I really want to hear from. Um, yeah. So let's break some of that stuff down. Uh, first of all, Katie's a guy who's really passionate about uniforms, which is always fun. And, and clothes in general, actually, like if you, I, I haven't checked out his Instagram, but he's all over like LaVisca's Instagram. They're like dressing like that. Uh, we asked some of the guys like who is the best dressed on the team. Lots of LaVisca's, lots of Katie's were the answers. So I don't know. He's, he's just like a funny, goofy guy, like a little bit flashy. Like he's a receiver. He's very obviously a receiver. There were a couple of interesting notes in there. One, one big one is that he kind of hinted that maybe the wide receiver's attitude the last year or so, year or two maybe, wasn't where it needed to be. And that's something that I know I'm not surprised to hear him say, and I don't think many of you guys will be either, because that is kind of the reputation that they, they had, that maybe they weren't quite as team-oriented as they could be. But it sounds like that's turned around. They're having fun blocking. You heard him say it. I don't need to repeat it. Um, another interesting thing that I heard him say, I thought it was interesting his response to when I asked him if he'd be playing more in the slot, which I think actually started out as another question from one of our subscribers um, that we may have talked about on the pod. He, uh, he, he, he sounded really excited initially. I said, are you, are you going to be playing the slot? Oh, and then he toned it down. And so he had something to say, which almost makes me think that he's going to be spending a lot of time in the slot. I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's interesting stuff, though. And I did realize that after I cut up all this audio that this wasn't the... Uh, it, it didn't have the one quote that I really wanted to talk about, which is when he took the podium a few days before in front of all the media and said that uh, this offense is very similar to the offense he ran in high school with LaVisca Chenault in DeSoto. And so... I wanted to figure out what exactly that means because we don't get to watch practice. We got the one open practice and it was early on. It was the third practice of camp. It was pretty vanilla stuff. Maybe you pull something here or there. And a lot of what we saw actually lines up with what I saw when I went back yesterday and looked at a bunch of the film from DeSoto High School in like 2015-2016 when KD and LaVisca were the star receivers when they won the national or not the national championship the state championship in texas which is no small deal here are the key takeaways i noticed a lot of 11 personnel uh, one running back one tight end three receivers that seemed to be the go-to there were a lot of rpos they had an athletic quarterback who took advantage of his ability to run and you know that's something that i'd like to see the buffs do a lot more of I would like to see them run more RPOs because we know that Steven Montez can run and there's a reason why the RPOs are so popular right now because they're, they're kind of like a football hack. You well, well here's a, here's a brief, brief explanation. So your offensive line, they block the guys in front of them. I mean, you can get more creative than that. We're not going to. Then one guy on the end of the line of scrimmage is left unblocked. If he steps upfield, like toward the backfield, then he's cutting off the quarterback. And so the quarterback won't be able to run, run with the ball. And so he hands the ball to the running back. The running back takes it up into the middle of the line of scrimmage. But if that 
uh, edge defender crashes down toward the running back, toward his running lane, running upfield, then the quarterback pulls the ball, doesn't hand it off, and runs around the edge, around the guy who's committed to the running back. That's the basic concept. The reason it works so well is that you are essentially using either the running back or the quarterback as a blocker in a way. Because if that edge defender is committing to the quarterback, it's basically the same as the quarterback walking over there and throwing a shoulder in him and knocking him on his ass. Because, you know, I mean, he's out of the play. He's not going to contribute. But you don't have to risk actually having your quarterback throw a block because no team's ever going to do that. So you get this, like, additional block almost. One more guy is accounted for on that defense that you don't need to worry about. Same thing if he commits to the running back, then the quarterback runs out around him with the plus side that that's not a block that could potentially get blown. Who knows if the nose tackle is going to take out the center and just blow up a play on any given play. That's not something that can happen with the guy you're accounting for with the RPO action. So that's kind of why it's taken over because it's allowing one person on your offense who normally doesn't contribute on a running play to contribute, to take out one of the, one of those defenders. And it just makes sense for the Buffs to run something like that because they have a quarterback who's mobile. And I do think that that's something that we're going to see more of. Uh, going back to what we saw from DeSoto, it, the, the passing concepts were interesting. There were a bunch of screens, not, not quite as many as the Buffs used, but there were some screens. screens. A lot of the other passing concepts were based on clearing out defenders. So, for example, if you take the air raid scheme, uh, a lot of, basically like what Mike Leach does at Washington State, you know, one running back, four receivers, and then just run spacing stuff. Basically, it's your Madden offense. So, four verticals and mesh, you know, those types of concepts where it's all about just playing the numbers game. You know, four verticals, you send four guys straight down the field, have them slow down, or maybe even throw a break in their route once they hit an, a, an area where there's no resistance. Because you're not going to be able to cover four columns of the field from the, from the line of scrimmage to 40 yards downfield with just one guy in each of those. You need two guys in each of those sections to defend that. Somebody underneath him, somebody over top of him. That's eight defenders. And if, you're, if you have eight defenders running downfield, then you have a five-on-three blocking at the line of scrimmage, and the quarterback can just take off. And so that's why it works, because it's just, in theory, impossible for the defense to account for every receiver. And that's kind of the basis of every part of that scheme. It's about getting guys into patterns that require the defense to do things that are almost impossible to do to cover them. And that's why it works so well, and that's why a lot of people claim that it's it's like the the most unstoppable offense. Mike Leach in particular has, has said that plenty of times. That isn't exactly what we saw when watching DeSoto. It wasn't this type of like chess match almost where you're just trying to find the open space, get a guy there, and then throw him the ball. I mean, it was, but in a different way because they were running these clearouts. They'd have they'd have their uh, slot receiver and wideout on the right side of the field, run down field, and then just have uh, a, 
running back kind of follow into that open space where all those defenders have just left, throw him the ball and run. Or they'll run a slant route and get a, a receiver over there. It's a lot of that type of concept where it's having one guy grab the defense's attention. Everybody's looking at him. He runs downfield. All that space behind him will be wide open. He runs across the field. All that space behind him will be wide open because these defenders are so worried about it, which kind of makes sense because there's one guy on the Buffs roster who defenses will be giving a lot of attention to. Of course, that's LaVisca Chenault. And so I think that that's kind of interesting. They're just going to have the defense focus on him, and I think they're going to try to work receivers in behind him so that, you know, if they if they run a, some sort of passing concept, he runs uh, from the right side of the field, he runs 10 yards downfield, breaks in, and they have somebody on the other side of the field run two yards downfield and then break in. Those linebackers in between them, uh, just straight in front of the quarterback, will be split between LaVisca and, who knows, maybe that's Katie from the other side. They're all going to commit to LaVisca, and it's going to leave whoever's behind him wide open. And and that's interesting. It seems like that's the way that you should be using a guy like LaVisca Chenault because often they used him by just getting the ball to him in space. You know, they knew he was going to be double teamed downfield, so you're just going to get to him however you can and then let him make a play. Instead, they're kind of saying, not only are you guys double covering him, but everybody who isn't covering him also has his eyes, your their eyes on him. And so we're just going to take advantage of that, all the attention LaVisca gets, and get the ball to somebody else. And maybe, I think that that's kind of how everything starts. Or maybe it starts by, you know, getting getting the ball to LaVisca downfield a couple times so that everybody's eyes are on him. Because if, if this actually is the scheme that they're trying to get everybody focused on LaVisca so that they can just sneak other receivers in behind him, Teams pick up on that. It's obvious. I mean, that's what I could see just watching the tape from five minutes of Max Preps highlights. And an, an NCAA coordinator can pick up on that as well. And so they'll see it coming. And so you still have to use LaVisca so that you can keep eyes on him. The first play of the game, maybe it's a 15-yard post, and you get the ball to him there. You get to him again on the next play, then all of a sudden everybody's looking at LaVisca because that's just what you have to do. And I think that that's going to be the offense. Force everybody to look at LaVisca so that they can't see what every other receiver on the field is doing. It'll be interesting. And and who knows? Maybe that's not exactly the case, but if Katie's right, they're doing what they did at DeSoto, that's kind of what they did at DeSoto. Um, that's all I really have for you guys today, except for one more idea and I'm wondering if it would pick up any steam. I was in the office with Andre last week, who will be on the show on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday he'll be on here. Uh, Tuesday will be McChesney. Thursday will be Andre. Not sure about Wednesday, not sure about Friday. We're working on filling those spots. But when I was talking to Andre, Andre said uh, we should join a college football fantasy league. And I thought, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I need to know more about college football. It's kind of my job to know about college football. And what a fun way to go about learning about it. Then Ryan Konigsberg said, what if we had a Pac-12 only fantasy football league? And Andre said, well, those would be a lot tougher to find. And I don't even know if we could make one, that kind of stuff. But then I just realized right now as I was thinking about this because I was thinking about that watch party when we're actually having the BSN Broncos fantasy draft before that. 
I wonder if you guys would be interested in some sort of Pac-12 fantasy football league. I'm not sure how we could get set up, how many people we could have, if you guys are even interested, but if that's something you guys would want to do, I would love to play some Pac-12 fantasy football, and I bet Dre and Ryan would too. So let me know. Maybe we can get that figured out. Uh, If you're a subscriber, leave a comment, uh, whether it's about that, whether it's about including audio clips from up in Boulder, whether it's just a question about something unrelated, love the questions. It's always a lot of fun to answer those, and we're going to have some interesting takes over the next couple of days on those as well with the other personalities here. But, yeah, let me know. Same thing on Twitter. If you want in a Pac-12 Fantasy Football League or if you have some serious thoughts about including the audio cut-ups, you know, let me know, and we'll get it figured out. Uh, Thanks again for riding with me. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow with Matt McChesney.
like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.